Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Matthew, the 28th chapter. What we want to do this morning, if you've been with us, we're preaching through the book of Colossians. And we're going to get there a little later. But we want to tie together these two thoughts as we talk about the Easter weekend, the Resurrection Sunday. We want to talk about, number one, the historical fact of the resurrection. But then more than that, we want to talk about the present reality in our lives of the resurrection. And that's where you're going to see the Colossians come in. So we want to begin and we want to read from the gospel account of Matthew, the 28th chapter, verse number one. And again, so good to see everybody here. So many special guests and friends. God bless you. So happy that you could come and worship with us. And we just pray that God just speaks to your heart and encourages your life. The Bible says, Matthew 28, verse 1, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And then the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know who you're looking for, Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just like he said. Now come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and he's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you'll see him. Now I've told you this. And so the women hurried away. They ran from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. If you read a little further, you'll see they ran right into Jesus. Amen? But now, if you would, Colossians 3. We just want to read from Colossians 3. We celebrate the historical fact, but we have to know it as a personal experience and reality. And now Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Have you been raised with Christ? (laughs) it's got to be more than just something that happened a long ago. You've got to be raised. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Want to talk about the empty tomb and the overcoming believer. The empty tomb and the overcoming believer, or if you like it better, the historical fact of the resurrection, the present-day reality of the resurrection. Now again, this is Resurrection Sunday, and you know we've come together not to honor the memory of a slain martyr, but we've come to rejoice in the victory of a risen Savior. We know, of course, for the Christian, regardless of what day it is, it's Resurrection Day because Jesus is alive, as they sang so beautifully. We serve a living Savior. The death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. You know, men can have, as far as I'm concerned, men can have their cold philosophy. They can keep their empty rituals of religion. I want reality. Give me something that's more than just a form of godliness but has no power to change me and help me and heal me and keep me as I walk through this life. 
Give me a Savior that can hear even my faintest cry. Give me a Lord that can feel and understand what I'm going through, that has a compassion towards me and is touched with the things that touch my life. Give me a God who is able to save me and help me and guide me and provide for me. Give me someone that can come to me when I need him and lift me up when I've fallen. Give me Jesus. Give me the Son of the living God. Give me the risen one. Give me the conquering King of kings and the Lord of lords. This morning we're simply going to look at some thoughts about the resurrection. Number one, know that the resurrection of Christ is a historical fact that can be defended, that can be stood upon, the historical fact of the resurrection, there are multiple written records, historical records, that attest to the resurrection. There are multiple eyewitnesses that actually saw Jesus after he resurrected. Even at one point, 500 people at the same time. They, they talked with him. They listened to him teach. They touched him. They ate with him. This was no illusion. This is no mirage. No, the, the resurrection of Jesus is a historical fact. It could stand up in any honest court. There's so many written accounts. There are so many eyewitnesses. So know that you know this is not just a religious fable. This is not just something men made up. This really happened. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, died on a cross for our sins. And on that third day, he rose again, never to die again. Can you say amen? We recognize it's a historical fact, but we have to recognize it is the most of significance as far as theological truth. One of major and majors, this is the most important thing. Everything on biblical Christianity stands or falls upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he died on a cross but never rose again, he's just another martyr. We, we can make poetry about it and talk about it. Everything hinges on the resurrection. In fact, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he writes again how important this, this thought is, the resurrection. He says, now listen, if Jesus is not risen, our preaching's in vain. If Jesus isn't risen, our faith is in vain. We're believing a fairy tale. If he's not risen, oh my Lord, guess what? We're still in our sins. Shudder the thought. He says that he's not risen. We're false witnesses. Everybody that tells others about him. The dead are gone. The eternity that we hope for is not a reality. The only conclusion, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians. He says the only conclusion is if Christ is not risen, we're of all men to be pitied. I think one apologist, that's a Christian defender of the truth. One apologist put it like this. The biblical Jesus is either a liar a lunatic, or his Lord. I believe he's Lord. Can you say amen? I believe he rose. I believe he's alive. I believe he's Lord. You know, so significant is the resurrection that the early church was built on that message. That's the message that got them in so much trouble. There was their theme, their rallying cry, their inspiration. He is risen. He's alive. The death couldn't keep him. That fact, that personal reality that those believers experienced took those scattered men and women, confused and defeated disciples, turned them into a mighty army that turned their world upside down. When the Jesus Christ, when Jesus and his resurrection, when the reality of a risen Savior, when it becomes personal to you, it turns your life around. It gives you a purpose and a reason like you never had before. It brings a change into your heart and a change into your life. It's a historical fact that Christ rose. It is a significant truth 
that he rose. Without the resurrection, everything else we teach about in church, everything else we think about the Bible, all comes undone, all falls apart. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ, something you can bank on, something you can put your confidence in, something that will prove itself to you if you give it a chance. It has stood the test of time. It has changed the known world. It continues to transform lives each and every day. There's so many witnesses, so many testimonies of the truth that he is alive and he's a risen Savior. In fact, you and I that know the Lord, we are further proof that Jesus Christ is alive. You and I both know that a dead Savior can't save anyone. I don't know about you. I needed more than a statue to turn my life around. I needed more than a philosophy to give me a new heart. I needed more than a ritual to take away the guilt and the shame and the ugliness of the old me. I needed a living Savior. I needed reality. I needed Jesus. How about you? He saved us. He changed us. And you and I this morning are witnesses of the truth that Jesus Christ is alive. You know, and from that first resurrection morning, the triumph, the reality of his resurrection has had to withstand the opposition of men and devils from the very beginning. And if it had been alive, it had been just something made up, it would have fallen apart long ago. It never would have went through that first generation. They would have broke down in the face of a lie. Deceptions always do. You know, if you were raised in church, we were taught, the Bible teaches, that your sin will find you out. How many know that's still true? And if it had been a lie, it would have been unraveled. It would have been unveiled. It would have been, it reminded me of a story of a lady coming home from work one day. She stopped at the corner deli to get a chicken for supper. And the butcher reached into the barrel and he grabbed the last chicken he had and he flung it on the scales. He's behind the counter and he told the woman it's weight. She thought for a moment. She said, well, I really need a little bit more chicken than that. Do you have any larger ones? Well, without saying a word, he put that chicken back in there, moved it around like he's looking for another chicken, and pulled out the only one he had, the one that was in his hand. He pulled it out, placed it on the scales. He looks at, well, lady, you're, you're in good luck today. This one happens to weigh a pound more than the other one. Well, the woman pondered her options, and then finally she said, well, okay, if that's the case, I'll take both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Say, sooner or later, your sin will find you out. Amen. It'll, it'll come undone. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. He's alive. Amen. He's alive. It's a historical fact. It's a significant theological truth. Without it, everything else we believe really is nothing at all. Is resurrection revealed or proved that Jesus was who he claimed to be? You know, Romans 1 and 4 tells us that Jesus was proven or declared by the power of God to be the Son of God by his resurrection. His resurrection proved he was exactly who he said he was. The resurrection. See, the world responded to Christ's claims with a cross, but God answered with a resurrection. The resurrection is heaven's amen to Jesus' statement, it is finished. Now on that first day of the week, that first resurrection morning, in our text, we see the disciples, their world has fallen apart. It's the first day of the week. The world has fallen apart from these men and women. These two Marys are going to the tomb. Hell thought it had won. Darkness thought it had triumphed. 
The religious establishment thought they had rid themselves of a real threat. The disciples thought it was over. And these two women go to the tomb bringing spices. No one's expecting anything but a corpse. Surprise, surprise. You know, God has some good surprises for them that love him. And I pray this morning that God's going to give you a resurrection surprise. I pray, oh God, bless somebody today. Bless some folks today. with a re- Let this be a week of resurrection blessing, I pray. Oh God, let your blessing fall upon your people. Work that thing out that they're going through. Turn that situation around that they're facing. Oh God, make it work. Make it flow. Make it clear to their hearts what you're speaking to them. Oh God, oh God, give your people a fresh revelation. Give your people a fresh impartation. Give your people a brand new confirmation of who you are and how much you love them and how much you care for them. I pray this week someone's going to meet Jesus in a fresh way. Someone's going to meet Jesus in a life-changing way. I pray this is your week for a resurrection blessing. Two women go to the tomb and no one expects anything but a corpse. And instead of a corpse, they find an angel in an empty tomb. The angel gave them an announcement, and that announcement is our assurance. He said, he's not here, he is risen. He's overcome the world. He's defeated his enemies and your enemies. Death, hell, and the grave, defeated by the risen Son of God. Yes, indeed, he is risen just like he said. I like that. Tell someone he keeps his word. You see, the angel said, just like he told you, he told you again and again, he was going to rise again. He said it often that they would crucify him. But three days later, he'll kick the end out of the tomb and he'll rise again, triumph. Friend, don't ever doubt the word of the Lord. My friend, if Jesus speaks to you, believe his word, stand on his word. The resurrection says, don't doubt me, but trust me and believe me and join in my victory, leaning on my my strength and believing my good promises The angel made an announcement. He's not here. He's risen. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's broken the back of sin so men can be free. And he did it according to his word. He reminds us this morning his promises can be trusted. His word can be stood upon. And he is completely trustworthy to give your entire life to Christ. There's the angel's announcement. But then there's the angel's invitation. The angel said to these ladies, come and see. Come and see the place where he lay. Why should we come and see that place? Come and see how low heaven bowed that you and I might live and be lifted up. Come and see how great the love of God is for you. Come and see the great price he paid that you could be forgiven and I could be forgiven. Come and see and be moved, be touched by the fact that my sin put him there and so did yours. That it was our life that put Christ on the cross. Come and see. An empty tomb, come and see. For you'll lie there one day. We can't escape it. The Bible says it's an appointment. But for the man and the woman who knows Jesus Christ, it's only a passage into the presence of our God. It's an appointment for all. It's a passageway for some, for those that know the Lord, for those that love the Lord, for those that have received Christ into their lives. You know, friend, death is a passageway. Where will that passage take you? Come and see. For the Bible says that those that belong to Christ 
They can claim the good promises of heaven. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. The Bible says that Jesus, because he's the resurrection and the life, we that believe in him will never die. Come and see the place that you might celebrate his triumph because it's empty and the grave has been defeated. Come and see that place. The false and the fable religions cannot prove that. They don't have an empty tomb. The bones of their founders, the bones of their prophets still lie in their tombs. But come and see the place where they put Jesus because it's empty. He's not there. He's risen, Lord of all. Come see the place because it speaks of your victory and my victory and your triumph in mine. Come see the place. It's a picture of Jesus' victory over the grave, of life over death, of heaven over hell. Come and see the place. The angel said, come and see the proof. Come and see it so you might rejoice, for it speaks of your victory, and it speaks of mine. It gives you and I who are believers the assurance of a future resurrection, because Christ has risen, and we have risen with him. It enables you and I to look beyond the grave, and makes it possible for you and I to have a hope that this world is not our home we're just passing through. We can look beyond the pains and the problems, the perplexities, the battles that we all face, and we can look to a better place and a surer place. We can look because of the resurrection to that place where Christ is, to that place where there's no more sin, sickness, there's no more death or disease. Because Christ has risen and we have risen with him, we have a hope that when we close our eyes here, we'll open them in the presence of our God and our King. Can you say amen? The angel made an announcement. He's not here, he's risen. In the good to serve a risen Savior. Isn't it good to serve someone you can call out to and you can trust in and you can believe in? Oh, he's not here. And he invites us, come see the proof. Come see the evidence. It's empty. It's empty. He went to the cross. They put him in a grave. The grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't keep him. He rose and he rose and he rose. And then the angels commissioned, now go and tell. If you've received Christ, go and tell someone he's alive. If you've received and experienced this resurrection in your life, don't keep it to yourself. There's a world out there that needs to know there's more than just religion. There's more than just trying to earn your way to heaven. There's a risen Savior who can save you and forgive you and turn your life around. Whosoever will, he'll do it for you. The angel gave a beautiful commission. Go and tell. Tell others he's alive. Witness of the truth and the triumph and the good news that Jesus is a risen Savior. He's a living Savior that you can talk to today, that you can bring your burdens to today, that you can come and receive forgiveness from today. You can know him and you can join him. The angels commission, go and tell, go and meet, go and share it, but make sure you experience it. And that's where we get Colossians. Let the empty tomb speak to your heart but let the risen Savior fill your life. We that love the Lord, we share in the resurrection right now. Not someday, but right now. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead dwells within us right now. Makes us new creatures, gives us new life, gives us an abundant life, gives us a strength to live this life. We participate in the resurrection right now. Here's the practical reality. The overcoming believer lives out his experience each and every day. 
Yes, it's a historical truth, but that's not enough. It has to become a present experience and reality in your life if it's going to do you any good. You know, in Paul's day, most of the pagan religions said little or nothing about personal morality. A person would go to the temple, make their sacrifice, give their offering, and just go back and live the same way they always lived. But Christianity brought about a life change in a person's we, we share and participate in the Savior's triumph. It's not just something we think about. It's something we experience and we live out. It's not just something we mentally understand and maybe like a philosophy agree with it. It's something that comes and makes us brand new from the inside out. And we live different because of it. We have risen by his power and therefore we're to have a risen life. And that's why all these years later, when Paul is writing to believers, and Paul's writing to the church now, maybe 30, 40, 50 years after Christ, the historical resurrection, he writes again, Colossians 3, verse 1, Now since then you've been raised with Christ. What happened back then, you experienced something in your life when you come to Christ. You experience a resurrection in your life just like he resurrected. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. Let's talk about that for a moment. Because you and I have been risen with Christ, to everyone that's a true believer in Jesus Christ this morning, and you've received Christ into your heart by faith, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you've been recipient of the Spirit of the living God. And Paul says, now since we've been raised with Christ, since you and I have been raised with Christ, let us leave the sepulcher of the old life that we used to live. And let's walk by faith in the promises of God. Let's walk in this new life that we've received by the Spirit of God. Let's live different than we used to live. And let's live out our lives to testify to the world. They're not dead. They're alive. They've resurrected from the grave. Let's be like Lazarus and strip off that old grave clothes. And come out of the stench of the sepulcher. And let's walk in the freedom that Christ wants us to have. Let's walk in the victory that God has called us to live. Like Abraham. Let's leave the old places and the old people behind. And let's follow God into a new place. Let's follow the Lord and live a new life and walk a new life. Like Jesus. He died once to die no more. No turning back. If you've been risen with Christ, don't you dare go back to the grave. Don't you dare go back to the stench of the old world. Follow him and live for him and let the world know you've been resurrected with him. If you've been risen with Christ, let's leave the sepulcher. Let's leave the tomb of the old way of living and thinking and let's walk in newness of life. And let's display. The Bible says somewhere that by their fruit you shall. Let's display the resurrection in our life. You know, Jesus for some 40 days after he rose, 40 days he went around displaying the reality that he was alive. This just didn't happen in two hours, a mirage. For 40 days, he taught to hundreds. He taught about the kingdom. He ate with them. They touched him. They put their hands in his side. Jesus spent 40 days bearing witness and testimony to the power of God. All that saw him had no doubt that he was alive. 
Let us live in such a way that those around us, there'll be no doubt that we have risen with Christ. There'll be no doubt we have had a true, personal, life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? I remember many years ago, I was just thinking of Pastor Todd. He did such a great job singing. Didn't he do great? He belted it out of the park. What a job. Um, I remember early on, one, 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 one of his cousins, I believe it was a cousin, said to me, well, when he got it, he really got it. I mean, I mean, she was saying it, wishing she could get like that. I said, honey, you can if you just want well, another sermon for another day. That when he got it, he got it. And if you know Pastor Todd, he lives saying, I am resurrected. I've been resurrected. I've met the resurrection in the life. And listen, Paul says, since we've been raised with Christ, let's set our hearts on things above. Let's live lives that say, risen from the death of sin, risen from the death of the old life, and born again to serve the Lord and live for God. I'm resurrected with Christ. Can you say amen to that? Let's rise above the old habits and the old fears and appetites that once enslaved us and once embarrassed us and once shamed us. And let's walk above the things that try to defeat us. And let's show this world something real has happened into our lives. We're not just churchgoers. We're born again, spirit-filled believers that are in love with Jesus, that are on fire for Jesus, that are not ashamed with Jesus. Come on, give me an amen, somebody. Woo! There's no point in going back 2,000 years and making an idol out of what happened. It's all about the present moment. In the personal reality that the life of Christ is in you, the life of Christ is in you, and the world can see it in the way we live. They didn't have to doubt. They saw Jesus. They felt Jesus. He was alive. We should live so clearly on fire for the Lord that there is no doubt that person's really saved. That person really is a believer. No, no, that, that person's a Christian. Amen? Since we've been risen with Christ, since the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us, since we're now new creatures in Christ Jesus, let's leave the sepulcher. Let's walk forward in the power of God. Let let, let, let us display this resurrection. Let men and women know they're real. They're genuine. They are true believers. They are followers of Christ. And it's easy to tell. Let's have, Paul writes, Let's have a risen heart in mind. You notice what he says here? Let your hearts, since you're risen, if you're risen with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Set your mind not on earthly things, for you died. That old you died. When you become a Christian, we identify with all Christ did. He died, we died with him. Rose again, we rose with him. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. For you died, verse 3, you died, and our life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Jesus appears, who is our life, we're going to appear with him in glory. Let's have a risen heart and mind. As we live in this fallen world, as we live in a world that has its share of heartaches and sorrows, and we all go through them, we're not exempt from them. But let's set our hearts and minds on things above. That's what makes us so much different than those that don't know him. We've got a hope that they don't have. Therefore, we have a song they cannot sing. 
We have a counselor they know not. We have a comforter that can blow their mind if they would just come to know Jesus. Let's give our attention and let's give our attitude to the eternal things, to the everlasting things. May they be a priority in our lives. Let our lives now get their direction from heaven. Let our hearts get their passion and their excitement and their enthusiasm from heaven. And if indeed we have met personally the resurrected Christ, let us live in a way that tells this world we've met the living Savior. He's filled our lives. He's transformed our lives. And the evidence is clear for all to see. They can see it in our walk. They can see it in our talk. They can see it in what we love. They can see it in what we hate. They can see it in every expression of our lives because it's no longer I that liveth, but now Christ lives within us. The empty tomb and the overcoming believer. It is a historical fact, but a historical fact alone won't save your soul. It's a historical fact. And to those that have given their lives to Christ, it's a personal, present-day reality. Something took place within us when we came to Christ. There was a new birth. There was a new creation. Something different came. It went beyond just bow, kneel, make a sign. It went beyond just a philosophy. It went beyond just take a course and get the pin. Something changed us. Something transformed us, and we live it out, and it made us new creatures. If you're here today, and you've never given your life to Jesus, or maybe you're here today, and you just drifted, and you know you've drifted, and you need to make a fresh commitment to the living Savior, you're invited to come. In just a moment, I'll pray a final prayer, and we'll sing a final song, but we always open the altar. So that those that feel the need to come and pray can pray. His house shall be called a house of We allow people to pray. Or if you'd like someone to pray with you, someone's more than happy to pray with you. You might be here today and God might be speaking to you. And it's very important to respond when the Spirit speaks to your heart. But if you'll respond, someone will stand with you. Someone will pray with you. So if you're here today and you've never received Christ personally, I invite you. In just a little while, I'm going to pray the last prayer. We're going to open this altar. You're invited to come and someone will pray with you. If you're here today and you, you need to start living the resurrection life, get rid of some grave clothes, start living it. Well, make a fresh commitment, start it fresh. He is a God of new beginnings and we thank him for that. Let us all make sure that Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday is more than just a religious event. The world does that. Those that don't even know God does that. But let it be something very personal and very real for each one of us. Amen? Amen? Now, as we open the altar, if you're here today and you have a need, maybe you need prayer for something physical, maybe there's a prayer that you're just facing a decision, I want you to know that this same Jesus He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's here today by his Holy Spirit. And if you have a need, he can meet that need. If you need a physical touch, he can heal your body. If you need just to pray and believe for an answer, he's got an answer. He's alive. 
And the rest of us, let's just spend this last minute giving him praise. Let's sing a song that just expresses our confidence in him and our thankfulness to him. Can you say amen to that? Go ahead and stand with me. He's alive. We serve a risen Savior. Whatever your need is, nothing is too hard for Jesus. Whatever you're facing, nothing is too hard for Jesus. Whatever you need, he is our answer. And his power is still here this morning to work in any life and transform any situation. We pray, Father, Lord, we thank you this morning that we rejoice for the reality we have experienced in you. We thank you, Lord, it's more than just ritual. It's more than just just, just cold religion. But something real and genuine took place in our hearts when we called in your name, Lord Jesus. We were made brand new. We're not the men and women we used to be. We've experienced a new life, a new joy, a new peace, a new purpose. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, you've transformed us. And now help each one of us, not just to be able to look back historically, not just look back even in our own history and say, we received him 20 years ago, but help each one of us right now to be able to walk out this experience in sincerity and in truth. Each and every day, help us, Lord, that others might see that we are a resurrected people. That others might see, yes, yes, what they got is real. It's genuine. It's lasting. It's life-changing. Now, Lord, I pray, may the power of your Spirit, the refreshing of your amazing grace, flow upon this people. Father, I pray for this altar time right now that those that come They'll hear your voice and they'll be touched by your power in a special way. That those that come will receive a fresh encounter with the risen living Christ. Now, Lord, we give you our praise. We conclude our service by just singing a song of praise, honoring your triumph and thanking you for who you are and all that you've done. In Jesus' name.